fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that one. I'll give it to the end of the show. I'm sure I'll grow one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to figure it out next week. Who's next week? <laughs> yeah yeah no good to be back in the 011 and that was uh, the reason for the shaving of the mustache to be honest you know it's it's acceptable in the okavango delta but i thought you know in joburg i might catch uh, too many funny looks but good to be back <laughs> Oh no, no. Yeah, that's fine. So right, there we go. Then we're all good yeah. now. None of us like Steve. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> I'll meet you if you don't be careful. Right. All thought in our panel, we can hear which is the main thing at the end of the day. If anybody else is mute, we carry on. But you know, you've got to you've got to hear the, the words of wisdom that I've I've got to speak. Right. Now more to the point, people, is that uh we are sitting a week after we I wouldn't say we were ever confident last week, um, but I think we all sort of sat there saying we can beat this all-black side. Um, we had the players to beat the all-black side. It was going to have to take a good performance. And then it wasn't a particularly good performance in that first sort of 15 to 20 minutes. We didn't beat the all-blacks. And all of a sudden, it seems to be panic stations for, for a lot of people. Um, mm -hmm. Rian, I'll go to you first. I, I mean... Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't the game we wanted to see, but do we need to panic? How much do we need to read into it? Um, it was just one of those things where it wasn't our day. Uh, we just played very badly. I think we went in, um, I don't know, they, we weren't awake arriving. It, we kicked off a, a half an hour too early. The, the All Blacks just came out firing. They were very physical, which we know they would do, but they kicked it brilliantly um i think that's there's a bit of joe schmidt behind that uh, they they had a very irish kicking uh, attack and they just regathered their kicks i think the stats were something like 53 percent of their kicks they regathered mm. and usually that's down at like 15 or 20 percent. so they were having a field day our backfield was nowhere and uh, they just gained they just gained field they got penalties against us we we dropped off tackles so there's a few things that are repeated issues, like the missing tackles, but then a few new things they, they sprung on us, like the, the kicking game. They just caught us totally unawares. And uh, from there, when, you, when you're when 17-0 down against the All Blacks in Auckland, it's a very tough ask to come back from that. Yeah, no, listen, it's, I mean, we, we've got a bad record in Auckland, as it is, and we try to kind of downplay the fact that it wasn't Eden Park, so, you know, it'll be a different thing. But yeah, I mean, the same sort of fan, same sort of area, and... It's not going to be not going to be fun. I think that's. I think what it worries does worry me a little bit how poor we were under the high ball, given the fact that we also like to deploy quite a good kicking game and usually have a reasonably good retention rate. And it was quite interesting actually. Um, and where I'll go to you next is that I was looking at two years ago. I think it was two years ago when we, uh, or could it actually be a year ago, um, where we actually were targeting um, Jordy Barrett and and Will Jordan under the high ball and getting a lot of success out of it. And they, you know, almost a year later or two years later, wherever it was. All of a sudden, we would get absolutely nowhere. Where's how do we how do we fix that? Is it a personnel point of view, or is it just one of those things that we kind of just need to fix it on the training ground? 
Yeah, for me, it, it was a training ground issue. Like, if you looked, there wasn't one player who seemed to be particularly bad under the high ball. Um, actually, all our all our receivers under the high ball struggled at some point. They all just seemed to be out of position, not confident, weren't going up for it. So for me, that's that's more a training ground issue than a, than a player personnel thing, personally, Steve. Yeah, no, I think fair enough. I think that's it. It's it's uh, if, if if for for a team that likes to kick so much, if 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 it was a personal you know issue, and I think we we'd have a lot to worry about. Uh, speaking of personnel, Rees, a couple of rusty performances. A lot of the the old faithful not really sort of coming good. Do you like some of maybe a Franco Master, Damien Delendi, for example, Louis Diaga, even it's a bit it's a bit to a certain degree. A lot of players who hadn't played rugby probably since about April, and it showed. Um, you know, is it, do you think it's one of those things we just we play them again next weekend, then we'll really see a marked difference? Um, I, I think that's some of those players that you mentioned certainly deserve another shot at it. I, I, I'm not going to jump to hyperbole and say that they they should immediately be dropped. And um, a lot of times when we have our immediate reactions uh, after the game, um, some of the comments are, oh, "You guys are jumping on this hype train," and so they're like, "Well, we're just exploring options." You know, we have to have those conversations about whether guys have lost or earned the spots, whatever the case is. And so, I'm sure we'll get deeper into it. But you know, for one standout for me and someone I really paid attention to in this game was uh, was Makazoli, and and unfortunately for him. Um, he seemed a bit out of position quite a bit. Um, the very first try, in fact, he was caught in between a rock and a hard place. He was trying to employ a rush defense on, um, which is something that we've we've done for a very long time since the last World Cup. But he just, yeah, you know, his his timing's a bit off. Everything seems a little rusty. Um, and uh, is that I, not I maybe a, a a like symptom of us not competing at the breakdown because they had such quick ball. Mm. It, was, it is. It is. And I think didn't have a chance to get in position. Yeah. Uh, I think we're so used to competing and and perhaps them other teams not getting that quick ball that we are able to employ that rush defense. Um, everyone's set mm-hmm. up in that line. Everyone's ready to employ it. As soon as you've just gotten into the line and balls already out, it becomes very hard to just get on the front foot and um, and straight into that rush defense. And I think, as you say, Rion, thanks for mentioning us that we were definitely caught on the back foot. So. To, to answer your question, Steve, I think some guys should be worried. Um, for me, I think uh, Jasper Visa, Bongi, perhaps again, may lose a starting spot. Um, and a Damien Vilmeser would, would certainly warrant a change in position. Those those are kind of the big ones for me at the moment. Yeah, look, I think I think the Bongi-Malcolm thing is an interesting one. Um, it's, it's so difficult because, you know, Malcolm's just so good off the bench and, and makes such a big impact. But now there's obviously the big talk about the fact, well, you know, if he is one of the best players in the world, you know, one of the best hooker in the world, you know, can we really afford not to have him for a 60 minutes, for example? I don't really know what the answer is, to be honest. For me, it's a lot of what it kind of depends on the, the personnel with regards to, you know, do you have fetches at the end of the game and players you can sort of swing momentum and stuff. Um, Jasper Pisa is an interesting one. Where's, you know, last, I mean, Jasper Pisa is once again one of the top players in, in Europe uh, domestically. Uh, wasn't his, his best game, um, but I felt that, you know, he's a guy in the box jersey. He's taken a bit of time to get used to the systems, and he's sort of progressively getting a bit better. But how much pressure do you think he is on, not so much just based on his performance of the last game, because as I said, form-wise, he's been one of the form players in the world. But do you think that that Dwayne perform- uh, performance, you know, against Australia suddenly sort of made people realize, well, actually, it's not all on Yasmavi, so Dwayne could still very much be our starting number eight. And, you know, do you think that has a good or a bad effect on, on, on Visa's, you know, mentality, thinking that, well, he's either number one eight, or now he's 
not the number one egg. Because I think a year ago, most people were like, cool, he's the number one egg. Now we're having to sort of have that conversation again. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because, you know, part of that can inspire you to go out and train harder and play better and just have that competitive mindset. And the other part kind of brings in security. As you said, am I starting? Am I not starting? So that can start to creep in. But what I really want to focus on there, Steve, is, is you said, Jasper Visa is, you know, one of the form players in Europe, right? Where the rugby is a bit slower. And this is something that we commented on before the game. You know, I, I think it, it's been a long time since the box have played that Southern Hemisphere pace. Now, I know Australia is down there, but the New Zealand, we know, are a different level. So, you know, I think, I think a lot of the guys playing up in Europe did get a bit of a rude awakening when the, the speed of the game was what it was. Because, I mean, the way the All Blacks came out firing in those first 15 minutes, it was, it was quite beautiful. It was heartbreaking, but it was really lovely to watch from a, a rugby perspective. <laughs> now, that's an interesting point. Uh, and I'll throw it back at you. We've got no... Well, I suppose we've got Tonga, but but generally, you know, Ireland, Scotland in the in the World Cup, Northern Hemisphere sides. We're playing in the Northern Hemisphere in in France, uh, where I'm hoping it'll be quite warm and not too wet. On a on a selfish note, but uh, you know, probably not the same sort of conditions oh, why, that why, we see. Steve? You gotta, Steve, why? You got to throw it out there. You might as well, you know. <laughs> um, but do you and 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 how do we counteract? You know, do we go with a bit of sort of a horses for courses type thing? You know, as you said, Jasper Viso used to that sort of European starts a little bit slower. You know, do we need to look at other options if we play against, for example, the All Blacks in in the quarterfinals? How do we adapt to that that speed of play, or do we really kind of just hope conditions wise in the Northern Hemisphere that it might be better suited to us and we kind of sort of nullify that the pace of play? I mean, the All Blacks are going to bring their pace wherever they go. You know, they're not going to go, oh, we're in the Northern Hemisphere, we're going to slow it down. So, so I hear what you're saying about the conditions. I think we just need to be able to adapt to what's on the field. We need to be able to pick it up when we need to pick it up and slow it down when we slow it down. And that's something I think we failed to do on Saturday. The All Blacks, again, controlled the pace of the game brilliantly. We were panicked and rushed and we just couldn't quite collect ourselves. Hopefully a learning experience, but yeah, really looking for the boys to actually be able to be that, that World Cup defending side take a breath and say, all right, let's control. Let's slow it down if we need to slow it down. Let's pick it up if we need to pick it up. Right. Now, ne- lots of negatives. Some positives. We are the bomb squad. I wouldn't say it almost mm. works. I don't think we're ever really going to come back. But at one stage, the momentum certainly shifted. And for a good 20, 25 minutes, we were definitely the better side out there. Is that enough? Sure. It was beautiful to see. Yeah. Do we do we stick with the bomb squad concept? What do we do now? Um, I'm still... I don't know. Maybe, maybe if you're down 17 0 you pull the that ripcord earlier. Maybe instead of a 40 minutes, you you already start at a 30 minute thing. Um, uh, just flip your substitutions around from a 60 20 to a 20 60. But you could definitely tell that when that second half started and the bomb squad came on, the power difference in at the ruck especially was was marked. Uh, we slowed their ball down immensely. They, our defense was much better. Uh, we scored three tries. They only scored two in the second half. So, I don't know. It's a very tough one. I Like we say, the pace was a big issue at the start of the match. But we can slow it down. Why are we letting the All Blacks play that fast? You know, yeah. Why are we yeah. throwing in quick balls to, to Jasper Visser's knees? And <laughs> why are we not <laughs> competing at the lineouts? Why are we not flooding the breakdown there were so many breakdowns in the first 15 minutes where we just had the tackler in and maybe one guy trying to mess around and then we fanned out so there was definitely a change in our way of playing and then all of a sudden when marks and those guys came on 
we were going over the ball. We got penalized because we were playing the nine when we, we've cleaned the ruck so well that mm-hmm. there's no one else in front of us and we can't help but hit the nine, you know? So I just think we, we can do it the way we usually do it with Bongi and those guys first, but we need to then play the way we need to, which is slow it down. Like you say, control the pace, don't get, give them two second rucks, that kind of stuff. And then you can you can get your you, you impose your game plan. We we were trying to, I think, play as fast as New Zealand, which is always a trap. You can't fall you gotta, into that. You gotta bring them down to your level. You gotta yeah, F them yeah. up physically. I mean, it's not hard. Exactly. People. We've got the we've got the answer to all the, the all the questions. No, it's, it's, yeah, we know how to beat them. We just yeah. did not do that. Why? You, you, you nailed it on the head. It's like, well, you know, we we've got two options. We can bring it down to bring them down to our level or we can go up to theirs and we did the exact opposite of what we should have done. And so, like you said, those quick balls and things, we were trying to play at their tempo for a little bit for for 20 minutes until halftime came and hopefully Jacques got in there and gave them a little puss club around the head and was like, hey, what cup (laughs) works, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, I think I think I think the biggest thing I think was 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 the lack there of of uh, adapting, um, and I think that was mm-hmm. something that I was actually at the press conference today, and um, wasn't supposed to be shocking, you know, but he actually did eventually end up giving it. And he spoke about the fact that yeah, you know, he said there were a couple of positives. He said, but he was, you know, the concern was the how slow they were to adapt, and they need to be, you know, much more on it if they are to defend the title. They need to be able to to adapt to the situation a lot quicker and a lot uh, a lot better. Uh, let's talk a little bit sort of losers and winners maybe in the in the last maybe even two weeks and kind of sort of talking about selection moving forward um, and one of the things going to be interesting with this conversation is a lot of players are being you know to- well, a, lot, a lot of there's a lot of talk about certain players that need to be binned I, I don't want to talk about this because there's a lot of Lions players that yeah. Like <laughs> yeah well we're catching a lot of heat aren't you <laughs> uh, ex-Lions players ex-Lions players we have no issues you know when they're um we're back back in the in the golden era um but one of those things also is quite interesting for me is combinations because i think we've seen quite a few different combinations in the last two weeks some of them have really worked some of them haven't worked some players have worked really badly with certain players and then things have changed for example i thought quaka smith had a pretty ordinary first sort of sort of half an hour to 40 minutes wasn't he didn't have much to do in the, in the first half second half they put on Dwayne psd at the toy and he became a whole different player so mm. If we talk about winners and, and losers over the last sort of few weeks, uh, Rita, give me sort of maybe four players, sort of four. Let's, let's try and find sort of between us four, five, four to five Ooh. winners or players who have really sort of upped their stocks and are making themselves, you know, in not I wouldn't say indispensable, but have really sort of put themselves in the mix. Look, though, I mean the the calls are all in the comments. I mean they they are. There is no consensus on any position at the moment, if mm. you are to ask a Springbok fan. Um, a week ago, we had interesting debates. It was quite fascinating. Some guys were saying, you know, well, we, we already had the talk about Bakazoli and, and, and Orensa yeah. coming in. And I think that, to yeah. me, that is the forefront um, in everyone's minds as the front runner of who's who's losing and who's winning. And I think if there was a if there was a race going on, I think Orensa's um, edge to head um, quite substantially there, and it doesn't look like he's going to slow down anytime soon. Um, Vili, certainly a winner at this point. Um, I think there can be no question about it. Um, whether you like him, hate him, the man is contributing on and off the field in, in substantial ways. Um, his composure is a big thing, especially in a game like that against the All Blacks, where he's, he's just calm, he gets things together. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to rally that back three we were a bit all over the place. It was a very concerning penalty kick 
um, sorry, a penalty and then a little cross kick there by, by I think it was Bowden or Geordie, one of the two in the corner there. Um, and the whole back three was just nowhere. Lucanio was yeah. nowhere. Yeah, but I think nowhere. that was just after, and I think that was actually, I actually want to touch on that a little bit, just after mm. we had made the substitution and Lucanio had shifted to the wing. And it's amazing how that small sort of shift, positionally, everybody was nowhere. And that is a big warning for us regarding the 6-2 split when people Correct, do need yeah. to sort of change their yeah. positions a bit. Correct. But yeah, continue. Um, other than that, I think that I've, I've got no opinion about uh, Dialendi and, and Lucanio at this point. I think that they are looking a bit slow, maybe a little sluggish, but I'm not worried about the combination per se. I think that they just need to get a bit of match sharpness back, and I think they'll be fine. Uh, the Marnie Pollard one is still up for debate for me, obviously, because, well, Pollard hasn't been playing. I think the answer is quite obvious to everyone that, that this is Damien's, and this is not Damien's position. Um, and I think if you asked Jacques Nova tomorrow and he was being honest with you after a few brandies, he'd probably say the same thing. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but he's got, he's so versatile. He's got so many options anywhere else. Um, at Scrum Half, it's an interesting one. I, I didn't, wasn't, didn't mind Fuff. Mm. Um, I didn't mind it, but it wasn't spectacular. But then again, no one was on the day. So again, still up in the air for me. When um, last did you see Fife kick that that few box kicks? You know, mm. I don't even remember yeah. any of those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I hope someone's finally got in his ear about that. You know, um, which, which is great <laughs> and fantastic. Um, if we're talking in the front, I think unfortunately, I think Bongi is probably the big loser over the last two weeks, um, just because it hasn't, hasn't looked a bit out of form. Um, and then of course Jasper and possibly even Mostert. Uh, Mostert was nowhere. I, I honestly I didn't even notice him playing at times. It was just. And, and that's often the way it operates in the shadows a little bit. Um, but you can usually tell at the end of it, the man's run his feet off 20 tackles, odd, but it seemed like he just wasn't quite there. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of my winners and losers. I don't know how much everyone else may agree with that. Um, I don't know if Jasper's a big loser. I think that he's maybe also just competing at this point. I think, I think, I think for me, what stands out a lot about that is that we're talking about certain players not playing well i think the reason we're focusing on a lot of them is because they're the other the alternatives are playing well you know jasper didn't have a great game a week after Dwayne had a great game you know bongi's been struggling the last sort of two weeks malcolm Moss comes off last week and looks as good as ever mapimpi maybe a little bit slower and not at his best and our answer in, in, in the former years at the moment. So it's interesting. Same with Frank Master. I think Peter Steph the toy for me has looked a lot better in the last two weeks. He's looked a bit fitter and quicker around the park. Yeah. Um, which is good to see. I think I think that at the end of the day, where's how much do you think our twenty three at the moment might be changing? I think if you I mean if we look at the twenty three that we 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 fielded over the weekend, Khaleesi comes back in, Oxenshade comes back in. By the way, people Oxenshade is back in camp. Um, we did get an update today. He, he's, a four, he's not going to be available. They reckon it's about another four weeks until he can play. So looking at sort of that, probably from, from a time of perspective, maybe that New Zealand game. But uh, he is back in, in camp and continuing with his rehab there. But you've got a Pollard, Oxenchev, C.A. Khaleesi, who at the moment aren't available uh, due, to, due to injury. And they would all come into the 23, uh, arguably into the starting 15, all of them. How much about 23? Because we all kind of know what our 23 is, really. Um, maybe yeah. you know, maybe on the bench we're not, we're not sure. Do we go with you know Archia and a and a Franco Mostert um, plus a, a number eight as a Dwayne or as a Jasper or whatever? But where's are there any sort of additions to to the twenty three that you think are, are potentially changing based on the last two weeks? Something like an Andre Estes, for example. Do you think he's on the, the cards, or do you think they're still going? No, he's still not going to make it unless Estes doesn't play. 
Yeah, I think I think you've got to you've got to keep the door open because you never know what's going to happen. You know, we've got injuries, but we're talking about if everyone's healthy and it's purely a performance-based thing. Yeah. I think the door has to stay open a little bit, which again, you've got to juggle it really carefully as a coach because you want the guys to feel like they have to compete for that spot, but at the same time, you want them to feel secure in that spot. So, I mean, Anestasen had a lovely performance, you know, mm-hmm. um, arguably against not a fantastic Australian side. And I think it's but, that argument, to be uh, honest. A good performance they're, nonetheless. They're, they're pretty dreadful. <laughs> Last week, I think, as well. They, right. they, they should have gotten one out of that game, but... <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> not to take away best days in performance, yeah. but Australia no, were no, no, yeah, no, no, fair enough. I'll get the diplomatic side out of me. Um, no, no, so, so, you know, but it's just one game. Um, mm. And and we, we need to see that that in and out. Like, you know, as we said earlier, he's not worried about Damien Delendi, even though he's looking a bit sluggish and slow, and maybe not, you know, fantastic, but we know that Oak can put in the work and we've seen him do it before. So just looking to get those guys back into form. So for me, mm. not massive changes, but... The door, the door is open. And now we've got four games. We've got one more rugby championship game. And I suppose for me, the nice thing, and, and, and this is a bit of a silver lining, you know, Jacques, and look, to be fair, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he spoke today about the fact that they had a plan and they told everybody the plan at the first alignment camp in February with regards to you know, who he's going to play where and what kind of teams they'll play. Um, they always come and run and, and run off the rhetoric that every single time they pick a team, they pick a team that they believe can beat the other side, which I think they do. Mm-hmm. But there's no doubt no. that they went and sailed Australia. We can beat Australia with a lot of second stringers. We can probably beat Argentina next week at home with some second stringers players. So now the question is: the rugby championship is all but gone. We, you know, we're relying on a, on, a, on an Australian side, which are now zero from two. Come on, Eddie, uh, to to pull it out the fire. Which would be a very interesting thing to do, to be fair, to, to, to go on two <laughs> losses and then come out and, and, and beat the All Blacks. But let's just say right now that the rugby championship is is kind of gone. It kind of gives a bit of license, I suppose, if you do want to go and say, right, well, now we're seeing, you know, Lacanya, I'm struggling a little bit. We probably want to see JC Creel against Argentina, but maybe we need to give Lacanya more minutes. And, you know, Malcolm Marks looking really good. Bongi is struggling. We we're going to look, you know, maybe we we're going to give him the week off against Argentina and give Dwebo a go. But all of a sudden we're thinking, well, maybe Bongi needs more minutes. Rian, do you think that, you know, the last two weeks have, have, have changed the plan slightly, given the fact that we might, might have a little bit of license? Because if we had beaten the All Blacks, yeah. you kind of go full strength next week because you're sitting there saying, let's not take the chance. We can win a trophy and, you know, we're not going to sacrifice that. I want them to go full strength this coming week mostly because i'm going to be at ellis park and i don't want to watch a <laughs> team the tickets are not cheap um no i want i want them to start thinking about okay we need to nail down this 23 we've given the other bunch of guys chance to to build cohesion so when we're playing romania or tonga those guys know each other but i want our 23 to start playing and getting minutes and putting in performances um I'm I'm a bit sick of the chopping and changing. We I, I'm hoping there's a full strength one this week, and then the is it the week after or is there a break before they go uh, to I Argentina? It, I think it's actually I think it is the week after. It's the week after because yeah, yeah it so, is the week. So it's next week, then it's the fifth because we announce our World Cup squad on the eighth, and they're back here by then. Yeah, so I, I'm thinking they'll probably send a, a more second string side to Argentina to to split that travel um, fatigue a bit between the two sides, but. I would from now on like to see maybe a proper 23 with only one or two changes, not the five or six changes that we've had. So that guys, my, my back three is Peter Steph to toy. Um, what's his name? Dwayne from Mielin, And then Albert, uh, oh, Albert, 
Quagge if he's fit or Colisa if he's fit. And then maybe you can put Eskom um, from starting in there. You know, so that those guys can start getting cohesion. The Islander and Am. Am seems still off the pace. Give him game time so that he can start getting um, cohesion with the Islander because they haven't played together for months and months and months. So that's that's my wish is start putting that main 23 of yours out and get them battle-hardened. And then there's, there's going to be time in the World Cup to rest them using your other side. Yeah, I think I think I tend to agree. I think especially, you know, that Argentina trip is not a fun trip. It's it's not a fun travel. It's not a fun place yeah. to play. It's an aggressive place to play. I, I think it's Argentina's last game. I think we'll lose that home. game, probably. I, I, yeah. and, and I actually wouldn't mind if we do, to be honest. I think it's one of those... People underestimate... Look, I mean, it's... And it's easier to say now, you know, it's really tough to get to play against Argentina Argentina, but, I mean, New Zealand hammered them there. But Argentina already looked so much better last week. I mean, they looked better in the second half of the first game. So we know that they're... That they struggle, but I think that game against Argentina is for me a really last nice game for the players who, who are maybe not even going to go to the World Cup to get that last opportunity to play in a Springbok structure and say, Right, if there's an injury, you're ready mm. to come in. So, but there's also players for me who I kind of had going to the World Cup in my mind who have not featured yet. Um, JC Creel, um, who was who was in the press conference today, Shane. Such a nice guy. I, I, I always I always hate going to a press conference and he's, he's, he's such a normal lack of oak and everybody just slayed him online. It's like, guys, but he's so nice. Like, <laughs> um, But anyway, so he hasn't played yet. Trevor Nukane, you know, two years ago, I thought that he was arguably one of our, within our top three best props. He hasn't featured yeah, he, yet. He, he carried the Bulls to that, to that final in the URC. Yeah, right? and, and, then, him, they... and then you remember during the British and Irish Lions, you know, that, that, that he came on a couple of times. He was winning scrum penalty. You know, the famous you know photos of him with his tongue on and stuff like that. He hammered that British and Irish Lions scrum. Yeah. He hasn't featured yet. So there's a couple of, couple of players who, as I said, I sort of had in my mind, you know, they're probably definitely going into the World Cup. And, and yet we haven't really seen them. So... Yeah, I mean, we'll probably see them on Tuesday then. Hey. Well, well, yes, I said Tuesday. I mean, for me, I mean, if we don't see, if we don't see Trevor um, or JC in the twenty-three, um, then for me, it'll be a bit of a red flag. So that's it. Unless they're not going to go to the World Cup, which again, I'd be surprised about. It's a bit worrying that they haven't had any game time um, as as of yet. But I mean, Reese, do you think that those two players in particular? I mean, as I said, I had them as hands down. They're going to the World Cup. Do you think I'm wrong? Um, I'd like to throw Dio Free in the mix here. To be yes, I'd actually, yeah, well, I actually, yeah, yeah, Dio is an, an interesting one as well. Um, um but yeah, let's, <laughs> um, you know, the Jesse one's interesting for me. I'm not a, I'm not a fan, unfortunately. But oh, unfortunately, no, man, he's good. <laughs> boo, boo. <laughs> Who are you comparing him to? Look on your arm, like the best thirteen in the world on form. Well, yeah. well, yeah. and to be fair, yeah. at the moment the comparisons are thrown to bridge gap a little bit because the has not been the Lacanya yeah. we know. But yes, yeah, no, but I mean, look, I, I take I take bad Lacanya over Jesse kind of every day. But um, also at the, at this point, we, we're too close to a World Cup, um, and if you were to give me options, I'd say, well. You know, it's too late now. I would take Jesse. So um, well, we there is a little concern around that. Uh, Dion Ferry as well. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I actually would have liked to see him against against the All Blacks. I think that would have been the kind of game that suited him. You know, fast paced, bullish. You know, in your confrontational slowing down rucks. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of his game. You know, he's he's there to cause a nuisance of himself and and disrupt a game plan. Um, whether he goes or not now is it's, it's hard to say. We've just got so many options in the VCs. It's it's almost too late now. Um, 
Uh, and who was the last one again? Did we say that? Trevor. 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 Again, another thing that is just there's just too much competition going on there. Um, and, and yet, and yet there's no awesome chair. We still haven't seen them. There's no awesome chair, and uh, yeah, which is also concerning, which makes you wonder what's going on behind the scenes. Um, I the man's a World Cup winner. You know, he's he's tried and proven, and there must be another reason that we're not seeing. So let's not jump to conclusions about it. There's obviously a system issue, perhaps, or something in the scrums that's just not clicking. Um, and just personal preference, unfortunately. You know, obviously he was uh, Matt Proudfoot's kind of baby back in the day um, when he was around, and and perhaps now we've got different personnel, different tastes, and unfortunately he's maybe fallen on the wrong side of that. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, I think yeah, for me it's just it's just very odd. Um, the Dion we'll probably see them this, this coming week, eh? I, well, yeah, I think you have to. Those, yeah, yeah, I think Dion Free yeah, will think. What I think was is interesting is I think a lot of people, um, a lot of people last year was suddenly sort of saying, well, and it, it's true, eh? Every single training session, every single captain's run, Dion Free throws balls for the lineout, practiced. Um, so yeah. a lot of people all of a sudden were saying, well, maybe, you know, we don't take three hookers, we take two hookers, and we take Dion Free as. As a as as a hooker option, um, which I don't really back. I I think that hookers have such a a, a specialist position that to play somebody there who hasn't played there in four or five years is is a suicide. Given how we do need to rotate, um, I also think the fact that Bongi has not played as well as we would have liked in the last two weeks probably also means that that needs to be put on the back burner. But we do have two additional spots in the squad than what we had, had last uh, last World Cup. Because it's got a 33-man squad and a 31-man squad. So it'll be interesting to see how we use those those, those extra spots. Because, you know, the, for me, the standard thing will be, well, that's an extra backline player, that's an extra forward. But my sort of heart also says uh, that I think, given the, the, the Springbok coaching staff, that I reckon they'll be looking at lips and thinking, well, that's two extra forwards we could potentially take. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, John Plain's coming to the mix. They might go, oh, we could add an extra lock. And they can go, well, Dion Paris can, can be a utility forward, so we can add another extra forward. And that obviously, yeah. you know, do you add an, an, an additional prop? Um, it's it's For me, it's, it's going to be interesting. And, and Wes, in terms of those two extra spots, do you think also, for example, Pollard not playing any rugby until maybe mid, until August at least. We don't know when. Khaleesi coming back from injury as well. We don't know when he'll play his rugby. Um, you know, do you think that's also maybe not throwing a bit of span in the works to even Oxenchair, for example? You know, um, do you think that's throwing a span in the works to that sort of makeup of that squad and thinking, well, you know, we maybe we need to take a, an extra fly off. Maybe we need to take an extra, you know, flank cover, for example. Yes, you know, if Khaleesi goes down in the first game, you can withdraw him and bring somebody else up. But from a sister's point of view and, and being there, being around the team, you, you, I suppose you do kind of need contingencies. Or do you literally just say, no, we're going to back them. If he gets injured, we can fly somebody else up and we kind of back our lineman camps to know that if we fly up Dion Free or Mark and Stan, he'll be able to slot in immediately and we don't have to worry. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> Thank um, you. No, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a tough one. I think, I think as funny as it sounds, you've also got to think about the guys who might not even see any time 
on the field, but actually just brings such a good energy to the training grounds. You know, the, the fact that, you know, Khaleesi hasn't been playing, but he's at least there with the guys at the moment, bringing that chaos. And so, you know, you also got to look at it, that, that combination side of things. So who can we have in the squad that, yes, is a viable option, 100%. If we need them, they can go on and perform, but is also bringing stuff off the field as well. Um, you know, it's also sort of bringing that here, it's bringing that, that, that energy to the training ground, pushing the guys harder as well. You know, you need to have those good apples in that squad as well. So I know that doesn't answer your question at all, but hopefully I've said enough words that, you know, we're happy with what I've said and we can move on to the next question. <laughs> it, is, it, is a, it is a tough one, that one. Like that's sad to try to reach the word count there when you get to the end of an answer. <laughs> yeah. You're just like... Um, Pick me, coach. I'll be yeah, the here. Yeah. Therefore, therefore, therefore yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I personally love to have a chat about this New Zealand team, you know, while we still can, because honestly, ah, I please. Think, you know, no, it's true. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I, I I love watching them play rugby. Oh, this come on, guys. A year, ago, we, a year ago, Foster was supposed to be sacked. We were calling them the worst New Zealand team of the modern era. We were saying that there were no chance for the, for the, for the World Cup. Now, two games against a, 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 a terrible Argentinian side and a Japan undercooked. undercooked box side, and now they're <laughs> yeah. the Messiah. And you know, come on, don't come here with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. No, they've got Joe Schmidt and Jason Ryan. Jason Ryan, I think he's going to be able to name his price. They, I think, some big yeah. French team would love that guy to come coach. Them. It actually worried me how quickly yeah. that pack got better last year when they when they added yeah. to the mix. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the next game, they were like, "Oh no, we can play rugby again." You're like, "How?" Yeah. Look, I mean, I, th I think okay. So if we don't have to talk about New Zealand directly, I'll talk about them indirectly. No, 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 we can talk about them because I want to talk about the 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 Mwanga, Jordy Barrett, Bowden Barrett access and how it is just. I don't know how you actually come to it, to be honest. Richie Mwanga is the best head in the world. I don't care what anyone says. Wow. Ooh. First of all, Ooh. yeah, no, he okay. is. As long as you take out at um, Finn Russell, um, and <laughs> okay, and if Johnny 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 is still, and still bad, Owen Charles, and if Remain Intermackers, you know, it's like surfing or something. Absolute joke. And absolute <laughs> joke. That this is even a conversation. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That man has been behind uh, Rolls Royce packs his whole life. As soon as they, the pack gets dropped, he's useless. Every flower from the ball behind when they're behind a bad pack topples. Yeah, but that is that excuse doesn't work for Alice Yankees. That excuse doesn't work for Damien Villain. So last year the forwards were useless for New Zealand and Richie Mwanga got benched. Now they're good. Look at what Dave, Damien McKenzie did against Argentina behind that pack. Mm. Second best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he did. He's uh, the best uh, super rugby fly off ever. We'll, we'll say that. Oh my goodness! The current current yes. super rugby fly half. Yeah. Okay. Well, but, uh, you but he was he was phenomenal last weekend. I'll give you that. I, I was very impressed. He he was, last amazing. weekend. I think showed. And and I mean, and it, it's interesting, isn't it? When you have these like stand up performances, you always look nine times out of ten. A fly half is an amazing game. Every single time Scotland has beaten. Uh, a pretty big opposition. I had a big upset. Chance off Finn Russell's had an absolute worldie, you know, for example. Yeah. So I thought that Richie Mwanga last week showed us what we were kind of missing. Again, behind a very good pack. But, I mean, he was flawless off the tee. Um, just off didn't make any game. mistakes. It's 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 just, when you, when you watch a world-class fly half, just go through the motions and not make any mistakes. It's amazing how easy the game becomes for just everybody else. Yeah. Um, and special mention as well for for Will Jordan and and uh, of course the Barry brothers. But Will Jordan was phenomenal. He was really really good. I enjoyed watching him. And I mean, Wes Wes and I were watching highlights just now, and, and we could not believe how he got away with that try. He fell over, got up, and somehow ran around. 
three spring boxes. Oh, there was a little bit of blocking from Yuani there. If you go look at that rack again, that uh, I think it's Vili that tackles Jordan, Absolutely. and then yeah, Mapipi is supposed to come in and make a ruck. Uh, and, and and sorry, sorry. Are you trying to suggest? That there was off the ball play by an all black side, which I mean, created space for their wings to go through. You can through. take no. that video and you can put, <laughs> no. you can put it over Lucanio. I'm doing the exact same thing as well. To, yeah, I, I, I just think want to be clear. I saw something in the group chat about we shouldn't be blaming the ref, but it sounds like me, like you're actually. No, no, no. Are you going after the ref, Rian? Are you going after? No, it's you not know... the ref's fault. It's clever play from Yuani to, to move the. The, the rug guys out of the way. It was just brilliant, brilliant play. That's all. That's okay. all. Okay. All if right. the ref doesn't get it, it's not cheating. It's only cheating. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. true. I caught Slander in the comments for, for even mentioning the ref at all. <laughs> no, come, come on, guys. You all know the rule about the refs. Uh, everybody was very happy with the two weeks ago. Nobody was happy with it last week. Um, I do think that Quaker was robbed of a very cool rip. But apart from that, I mean, yeah, we were, we were just generally dreadful. Um, but yeah, look, I think the All Blacks are back. I think that's, I do think it's safe to say. I, I mean, I don't know if they'll go all the way, but, you know, they're certainly going to go into the World Cup, which I always said, they're, they're always favourites. It doesn't matter what they're playing like. Um, they are going as favourites. Um, an interesting one that I want to talk about, and I actually I want to kind of completely move away, completely left field here, because we were talking about fly halves. Sexton's been banned for three games, and that's causing a lot of uh, um, talk on 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 the various socials uh wiz harsh fair not harsh enough i i think look play stupid games win stupid prizes right so if you want to go and do something stupid like you know what he did with the ref in terms of the intimidation or just like make him feel really uncomfortable because i read i read the reports and everything then, then you should get sanctioned appropriately. I think it's fair enough. I don't think it needed to be any harsher. I think you need to make an example. It doesn't matter who who is is committing the infringements or whatever. That the same rule should be applied. But I'm I'm glad it's been applied to such a big name, so we can we can see for other players that this doesn't stand. It's it's not okay. You know, I've I've often said on the field that I'm sick and tired of players going to the ref and complaining. I mean, this is even worse after a game that you didn't even play in. You, you're doing. I mean. Uh, player of that seniority, that experience, surely you, you can wait the, to the day after and maybe call up the Oak and say, hey, can we discuss or, you know, or even a phone call? I don't know, but like there to wait after the game and just don't even be, do it on be that TV. sort of Shut it in the presence. <laughs> yeah, I've got paper. The guy came back it's to just... the He's going through enough as it is. Like, leave him alone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no. It's, for me, it was, it, you wouldn't be surprised if it was from like an inexperienced really passionate young startup 10 or whatever the case is but but, but yeah someone it, with that much experience but that's an interesting point because people have been saying for quite a few years to be fair and and this is you know we thought i think we've actually talked about it on the show before how certain captains can get away with speaking to race a certain way sexton does it very well um Alan jones was the master bigger. of it bigger as well you know they've got that kind of rapport with, with the race where they kind of push the line and, and, and sexton's always been that one that's very happy to say to you know chirpy rev well, what about that decision are you sure you're not going to check that and stuff like that so i think you know he's always kind of had that in him but he's always i think he's had such a good rapport with the refs that he's never sort of been, been punished what for me is interesting is the fact obviously you know his previous good record factors into the fact that he didn't get a particularly long ban which is funny, given the fact that so many people are saying, "Well, it's about bloody time he's gotten sanctioned." But uh, Rion, mm. fair, fair, not fair. Reese, what do we, what do, what do we think? Not strict enough. 
There you go. Um, we, the, <laughs> the, 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 the whole thing about rugby, we always like to tell ourselves is this is not soccer. Rugby you don't values. see a rugby player shouting in a ref's face, you know? And if you want to stop things like, what, what was it in Italy where that ref had a chair thrown at his family in the airport? leaving a game or some stuff yeah I know. I okay like, we are not nowhere near that but these are the, the little steps you take you know it, it doesn't happen overnight it's a gradual thing you need to stamp it out they did it to Rossi. they 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 gave him a good long ban um and i'm sure if this happened the lot next year you know the year after the world cup and there's no big tournament coming up it would have been a six-week ban no problem but because it's the World Cup, it's one of the number one players in the world and the number one team in the world. If this was a Fijian or a Georgian, do you think their their hearing would have been two months late? You know, the hearing and would take, have taken and, a and week. taken like four days from the beginning of the hearing to actually come to a conclusion. Yeah, so no. got the answer on Monday. Yeah, and I appreciate that. That's you know, it's Johnny Sexton. He's one of the biggest players in the world. But this is not how you protect a ref. Uh, this is this is going to lead to more issues, just like. Everyone says Rusty opened the Pandora's box. This is one of the little things coming out of the box now, and it hasn't been yeah. handled strictly enough. I, I mean, think. Rian, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the Rusty thing because I've been dying to talk about it. It's just, you know, <laughs> I, moving on. I understand. Yeah. I understand that the length of Rusty's infringements was quite, you know, long. The uh, the leaked video or whatever you want to, whatever it was. But the point is, is like he wasn't going out there and bashing a ref to his face, and in a sense, you know, if it wasn't Yaku Pepe and he wasn't South African and involved in rugby, he'd probably be pretty scared. You know, you got to irk like that in your face, like chasing you down pretty much and unrelentingly going after you. And we don't, although I don't know what exactly he said, I can imagine there are a couple of um, not so choice words. Sorry, sir, I think you might have gotten that wrong. It's probably not what he was saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I, but I don't want to debate the severity of the no, two no. things. But I, I want to say is they went after ref. You're not allowed to do that. Yeah. And the minimum Look, the sanction the should day, be much higher. I think you got left off a little easier for the same reasons Rian said, but yeah. Yeah, yeah look, they, were, they were never going to, to keep Texan out of the World Cup, were they? I mean, that's this, 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 the story yeah. of him leading you know, Ireland to their first World Cup in his swan song World Cup. And you're going you're gonna to ruin it for something as arbitrary as abusing a South African ref. You know, come on. We want, <laughs> we want justice for Yako. Uh, although I haven't said that, when I read Yako's um, sort of his, what, what, he, what he said, his testimony or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I kind of felt he undersold it a bit. You know, like when you when you see some of the footage and stuff like that, he didn't. He never sort of mentioned anything that he basically st he stayed completely clear away from what 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 um, Johnny actually said. And let's be honest, when someone's swearing at you, you know what they're saying to you, and, and stuff like <laughs> that. So it, it was a, for me, it was quite a little bit of. I was, I was expecting it to be a lot clearer from paper on exactly what was going on. He then did this, and that's how we felt. Suppose I thought it was a little bit ambiguous which maybe sort of played into that as well that he maybe wasn't yeah sort of as harsh as his assessment of the, of the situation as, as as maybe he could have been um potentially maybe maybe he was a bit worried about oh, well well getting getting sort of more more flack you know or, or if he really went after it full hiss and then uh, i don't know but uh, has, I, think has, um... I think he's south african and he's got tough skin and he's like you know i i don't really care too much about this and i'm not going to make it i grew up raping club matches yeah. in the country where we we'll try to stab me afterwards yeah. this, this is charles play <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to ask has um has sexton made a, a statement afterwards sort of about the ban or even an apology to to 
Yaku or no, nothing. He's just kept quiet. I, I heard something about his part. Is that, or it's been an apology that's been communicated. But I know that, for example, he has not gone. Hi, Yaku. I just wanted to say my bad. Sorry, dude. I know that that hasn't happened. Apparently, there was. Well, at least of, not publicly. Maybe, yeah. maybe offline. Yeah, and again, yeah, publicly, I, I would have expected. He doesn't even have to pay the fine. Links is paying the fine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There you go. <laughs> no, but but again, guys, I think I would have expected a player of sort of that notoriety, that seniority, to have made a statement, a, a Twitter, you know, a Twitter. Jesus, how old am I? A tweet, um, sort of saying, <laughs> you know, sort of saying like, like, you know, this is not acceptable. The way I acted was out of line. You know, sincerely apologize for that. May any discomfort he feels and wish him all the best. Okay. Done. Doesn't even have to mean it, but just so again, that's <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he would that, mean it to be honest. I think he's quite, no, but, I think he's quite happy with what he said to be honest. Yeah, no, but it's, I don't know. It's just that, that for me then, then, then he's I'm so on board. Old. He probably doesn't have, he doesn't have the passwords for his phone anymore. <laughs> yeah, he definitely doesn't have Twitter. Yeah, he doesn't know how to make a Twitter. Yeah, you know, well, to be fair, yeah, yeah I, mean, I think, I think, yeah. I don't know if you're on Twitter, Wes, but I think we need to get you on Twitter so you can <laughs> yeah, up, up, scale, you upskill you a bit there. Um, yeah. yeah, interesting times. Now, we're, we're sitting, what, we are, I can actually, it's today, the reason that our announcement sort of went out that, that we are going to the World Cup is because um, uh, it starts in, in, in basically 50 days, uh, which, is, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Uh, 50 days time, we will be having New Zealand versus France in the World Cup opener. Um Lots to Maybe. sort of to sort of get through going into into the, the World Cup, but I just want to sort of spend sort of the last ten minutes talking a little bit about your your tier two nations. Um, Jacques was was asked, you know, the guy he was basically asked, "Do you think you'll get out of your pool in the World Cup?" And, and Jacques said, and I didn't quite know what the guy expected him to say. He said, "Well, if I didn't believe we could, then yesterday we should have fired me a long time ago." But he didn't notice we've got a very tough pool. If you guys have seen the Fiji versus Tongan lineups for this weekend, these Ooh. tier two nations are here to play this year and i like Perth mm. and georgia who have beaten a couple of the tier one nations in, in the past few years um do you think that this is going to be the most competitive world cup ever yeah yes. okay absolutely okay cool consensus i mean what's how and, and how all of a sudden has that going to change the perspective where it's not just about a team that's got a good i mean it's the old story you know and we talk about that during chasing the sun it wasn't a 23-man effort it was a 31-man effort all the the dirt track because the players preparing but let's be honest the 2019 world cup when you play against the Namibia, you go and play anybody you don't want to play and they roll them over 60 nil back in the day you play against tongan side you would literally say right well we're not gonna play any of our good players because we know we'll win but they might get battered now yeah, yeah, correct yeah yeah no, it was it was this the case of we're protecting our best players you guys oh, no, brian, brian lima is going to fold you in half yeah we're going to win the game by yeah. Points, yeah. yeah you don't have to worry about winning a game but, you, but jc you just use cannon fodder go win us the game and get hammered on the on the way there. but now you play against a tongan side you can't take them lightly because there are going to be upsets in this world cup i uh, yeah I'm, I'm in two minds about this steve i'm really happy that all these rules have been repealed and allowing like the speci especially the Pacific nations to, to now return to their roots, so to speak, for the guys who are on the outs, because obviously New Zealand is just so full of talent that a lot of the guys have two, three careers at, at the All Blacks and then fall away. Um, and I still have some use to somebody else. But I, I do worry that it's not hyped them up too much because whether they are able to change an entire structure 
um, just by their presence, I'm not entirely sure about. You know, you've got a guy like Izzy Falau, for instance. What a talent, you know. But um, is he going to be – he's not the coach. He's not the youth system. He's not all of these other things that come into play, you know. Um, uh, to, to throw a bit of football into the mix because it's the most relatable to me, it's like, well, you can chuck a, a Ronaldo into an – an Al Nasser side or a Beckham into an Inter Miami team, and then have them play against Real Madrid, and it, you'll very quickly see that there's still a massive difference, you know. So a couple of players don't carry a team. I do hope it shows them improvement, and I think that this will, as you said, be very more, much more competitive this time around. But until those structures change, um, you know, it's it really doesn't matter too much, I think. Um, so great for the game, but I don't expect to see massive changes um, in the in the standings um, from this World Cup. So we're not putting money on Fiji to win the World Cup. <laughs> sure someone is. The group. Yeah, we'll chat to Chris to see what the value is. Like go, go check out the boil odds. Um, Rion, the, the, maybe, maybe sort of long-term, obviously short-term, we're now seeing players kind of sort of jump ship because they can and get themselves into a World Cup. Do you think that this rule will now... Two things. Do you think this rule now will allow players to commit to maybe well let's 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 call a spade a spade out the pacific players you know your tongans your fijians mm. you know your samoans they all grow up won't play for the all blacks you know let's call a spade a spade none of them if they're really good sit there going i cannot wait to represent you know samoa in the world cup because i'm not going to win a game if i go and play for new zealand i could win world cups and trophies and stuff does this help them want to play for their nations or do you think this is almost now a bit of a safety net where it's like well i can gun to play in the all blacks and if i don't quite make it if i get a couple of caps and i don't quite make it i can see long term not gonna be able to make it i can go and play in france i can go earn some bank and then you know you know what's a five years or whatever i can or four years um i can then just go back and play for tongo or fiji and stuff like that do you think it's going to be a yeah a help or or, or, a, or a, a hindrance Oof, that's a lot of uh, variables to plan for that in your life, you know, <laughs> to be like, oh, I'm going to try and get two caps of the All Blacks. The first thing is, uh, we, we are kind of speaking from ignorance. I've, I'm pretty sure half the guys or most of the guys in that Tonga side are born and bred New Zealanders. They just have a mom or dad yeah. or a grandfather or whatever that's Tongan or, or Fijian. I mean, Adam Coleman plays for Tonga now. That guy is as Australian as it comes, you know. He's just got family that's Tongan. Um, so it, it's it's going to be a lot more on an individual basis. I was listening to Jean Klein as well. Um, when he was in Ireland and he was picked for Ireland, he thought, yes, I am an Irishman now. This is my team, blah, blah, blah. And then he fell out. And he he told mates of his like a month ago that I think my international career is over. And then Rossi phoned him two days later. You know, So I don't think these guys can really count or bank on that happening um i think most of them most of the ones we're talking about are actually new zealanders they want to play for new zealand they just happen to have the right um parentage to be able to play for the other countries it might help because tonga and samoa are tiny those are those are countries with less than a million people fiji is half the size of new zealand population wise well, geographically by it the might, way people by the uh, way there's like over a million Fijians on the island so they might it might help them keep talent they might be able to 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 say okay you go to New Zealand you you make the team there you get you get dropped there 
But if you play in Super Rugby, you know you can still play for Fiji after three years. They can start putting rules like that in to try and keep guys at home instead of having to give up people to go to France or whatever and, and they don't get used there. But I don't think it's going to change that much. It's, it's, it's still going to be a very rare occurrence, I think, where a guy gets dropped by... Because it's always New Zealand, if we're honest. And then three years later, four years later, they're going to be playing for Tonga or Samoa. I, I don't think it's going to make be such a huge flux of players like that. It's just now because it's the first bunch, but it's. I think it will change. It, it won't change much more than I, this. I mean, let's not forget that the rule works the other way as well. I mean, you could have an yeah. absolute superstar come out of Samoa, um, drop out because he gets a call from New Zealand, you know? <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd say I can play in New Zealand for three years and then, well, it wouldn't be New Zealand because they have the talent, but maybe like that Tongan guy has like, I don't know, Dutch parents or something and you go play for the yeah. Netherlands or something. Yeah. It's also a nice sort of like, it's, 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 it's a nice like sort of uh, carriage sort of dangle, you know, if you play really, really well, you can represent Tonga and you get to then play against some ex-All Blacks who are going to come join us as well a couple of years down the line, you know, you can play yeah. against them. <laughs> You see this guy that's playing now. He might get dropped. You might have the chance to play with him in four or five years' time. Yeah. Um, it is interesting. What's also interesting is the fact that we actually voted against it. Um, SA Rugby, we said, nah, we don't, we're not about that life. Um, and then when they said, well, shame, we went, okay, cool. Well, then we're going we're gonna to jump people anyway. But um, yeah, it is, it is an interesting thing. And as I said, I'll be very interested to see how long-term the fact that they can also, you know, bank on, yeah, some New Zealand players, some Australian players potentially making the switch to sort of bit of a stopgap, mm. but I think at the end of that, I suppose, and we sort of spoke a little bit about it, you know, the youth structures need to come into place and, and, and the rugby structures need to, to get a lot better. Speaking of youth structures and rugby structures, just before we end, we have an under-20 championship happening next year, 2024. The baby box who, Shane, can we just talk about the fact that our poor, like, junior spring box were absolutely berated the entire tournament and ended up finishing third? Berated by you. No, <laughs> no, I've always said to them, I was like, Shane, dude, I, there were some nice players there. No, I was defending my I've rated boys the field there. they were playing on. Correct. It was in the well, that, again. Yeah, but I mean, come on, bring it to Johannesburg. Bring it to, bring it to Kharteng. <laughs> but uh, where's, how, how how big is this for, for first of all, for SA rugby, but for Southern Hemisphere rugby in itself, I mean, we saw the gulf in quality between, I mean, that France and, and Irish side, it's like chalk and cheese, but... Do you know, how, how important is the step? And more to the point, so how long do you think this it'll take before this is going to really sort of help? Because at the end of the day, it's one of those things that, you know, you, you always think, well, it's, it'll take time. But we're talking about, you know, age group rugby. We're talking about in two years' time, it's a brand new um, bunch of people who wouldn't have been affected by the previous decision. So I suppose it's something which can, can I mean, you can capitalize on as early as next year, isn't it? You know, extra three games and extra three games. And we've got such a good student structure and school structure that, we always say that we've got the players. So uh, do you think this could be quite an instant reward type of decision? Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's excellent. It always felt like there was that gap, you know, you kind of fell between high school and if you didn't necessarily make the box straight out of high school, or maybe some, you know, curry cup or super rugby, even there were just these guys who floating, but no, it was always awesome. You know, I, I lived in the, in the UK for a while and, and when the six nations would come on, it was great to actually watch. They, they sort of showed the under 26 nations happening almost at the same time. Uh, that was phenomenal to see, and 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 I think yeah, just the more game time for the for the boys, the better, you know, and and, and just develop those oaks further and give them that opportunity. Um, I think it's a fantastic decision. Yeah, I think yeah, and, and, and as I say, I think what we actually saw even now is uh, is how much better the kids got from their first game 
to 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 the last game, and and I'll, I'll finish yeah. up with with, with Rian because she, I can see I know excited you are uh, about it. Mm. Do you think we could finally start poaching as well? Poaching, poaching or poaching? Yeah, it'll be good to get coaches coaching under twenties yeah. often as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bournemouth, I mean, Bournemouth, I mean, Bournemouth was absolutely hammered this year when we started playing bad. Yeah. But I mean, last year they went over the season and they were brilliant. Um, I think also the problem yeah. with age group rugby is you, you do have good years and you, you will have bad years. Yeah. Uh, at the end yeah. of the day, you know, not, I mean, you look at some of the past, you know, junior, junior box sides and, and they're absolutely mental. Um, ironically though, if you look at some of the sides that actually did better, player by player, they might not have had, you know, they not, those players might not have gone to have the careers that we should expect them to do, but as a team as well, um, managed to manage to put together. But yeah, I mean, I mean, how much do you think that this is going to change? And I think also what's quite interesting is the fact that we talk about a coach, a coaching pathway. But Fanta yeah. of course spends the entire year, and he gets what five or six games maybe in the World Under Twenty, and that's yeah. that's, his, that's his entire year. How important is it now that these coaches can actually work with with teams for a pretty extended period of, of time? It it'll be great. It'll help things because. We've now got the Varsity Cup and you've actually got coaches becoming famous in the Varsity Cup. Um, you've got uh, Curry Cup, you've got coaches being developed there. And this is just another good pathway where guys in the Varsity Cup or guys coming through in, in Curry Cup teams have another opportunity to maybe become an assistant coach with Bafana. And through that pressure cooker of playing against New Zealand, Australia, Argentina, they become better as well. It's not just the, the, the boys playing. It is another opportunity for a coach to put in structures, spend time with people, and and become better. And that's that's another big thing I think will will be good about this. It's not always just about beating the Northern Hemisphere teams. It's about developing our, our, our structures as well. I'm very happy with it. I, I can't wait. Yeah, I think for me, I, I always I always feel we're far too results driven when it comes to this under twenty side. You know, mm. I mean, mm. cool, fantastic. You've won. 520 trophies does that really matter if it doesn't translate to trophies in in, in the senior thing mm. and, and and i mean it's it's mm. we were all we were all there once you know you 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 play for the under 14s you win a game nobody cares you win a game with the first team everybody cares you know at the, at the end of the day so yeah i think that is something as well a bit of mentality shift because we're a very proud nation but i think i mean when i watched the games for me it was more sort of i mean i watched under 20 championship i 100 watch it to sit there going right who my, who my future box here how they play yeah. together, cool, make it entertaining. But I'm looking there going, right, where's my superstar? Who's 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 coming through here? Where's the next Andre Pod? Where's the next age group star? Um, so yeah, I do think that if we start to take a more sort of development outlook about it and develop coaches and yeah. structures and players and systems, and not just that as well, you know, I mean it's it's everything. I mean, it's your background staff, it's your physios, it's your, you know, your 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 strength and conditioning people, you know, it's all about building building the pipeline. Um so yeah, I think it's gonna be very cool. But chaps, uh, time flies when you're talking uh, ruggers. And uh, to to summarise, we have decided that Johnny Sexton got a far too likely and he's a disgrace. Uh, <laughs> Fiji and Tonga are going all the the, the distance in the World Cup. Uh, the box are in complete crisis, and we just need to give up. Uh, what have we missed out? New Zealand are winning. Sound bite. Uh, yeah, New Zealand are winning. New Zealand are back. New Zealand are back. Uh, also, Richie yeah. Moore um, can only play behind a, a, a good pack, and uh, he's, he's, not, he's, not even, he's not even the best number ten in the New Zealand squad. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> D-Mac, we get D-Mac trade, dude. Yeah, lots, lots of mention to uh, Australia and Argentina as well this week, um, but 
take there, yeah. Steve, from your end? Oh, yeah. yeah that was such a good name. We have another fan forum coming up next week before before the next round, so we must give that some some attention. Yeah, we'll talk about Argentina yeah. quite a lot because I, I love guys. I mean, I mean Argentina, aren't they? They're just such a cool team to watch. But they did their best to try and throw that game away. To be fair, um, <laughs> but uh, there's some proper Argentina players coming through. They're going to be uh, even better at Ellis Park. They're going to have good players back. Yeah, I think that's the biggest state. thing is that they're missing quite a, quite a few players. Um, My Mr. Jaguar is. Let me just say that oh, it was so good to watch them play. Yeah, except that we, you know, you, they'd come down to Ellis Park and just drill us because we're playing against the Argentinian national side. They used to hack me. <laughs> it was just like, could we just not? Because back at the time, we like the Lions had like one international player, and they had like one player who wasn't internationally capped. Um, and then oh, Australia rubbish. Excellent. Australia rubbish. Unlucky. Good stuff, Eddie. Yeah, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about Australia a little bit next week because he's he's announced a very interesting. Penny squad. We just oh, where's Pete Salmon? Yeah, he's about to. He's dropped Pete Salmon. He's dropped top right. <laughs> he started him twice in a row at fullback and then said, cool, I'm my squad. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Uh, my, yeah. Eddie, Eddie, I don't know what Eddie's doing. Uh, also, a very British and Irish Lions tour coming up as well. There's actually a lot we could have talked, spoken about tonight. Um, but... No, the ridiculous, the ridiculous New, uh, New Zealand Australia game at the end of the tour. What the hell is yeah, that? Yeah, that game. That's wild. Oh, yeah. Sure. I mean, Quaid... I hope we can get a few of our guys in there as well. Just a few, few token uh, number eights or something. Yeah, we'll oh, careful with the words there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, won't, we won't go that way. But I mean, the, the nice thing about them is that I suppose you can call up a real ten in Quaid Cooper, so you don't have to use Richie Moanga um, in that Anzac game. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm hanging up now. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you very much. Um, we will chat again next week and. Uh, yeah, anybody else there in terms of some, some catching up? There was a squad update yesterday from the the, the, the bot camp. You can go check that out. Uh, today there was also a press conference from Jacques Nienova. So he talked a little bit about um, some of the injuries and stuff like that. And if you missed the, the announcement, we are going to France. And uh, yeah, there will be more about Yay, that. thanks, DB. Um, yeah, all for four of us. Yes. Oh, all, <laughs> everyone, yeah, all four of us. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll tell, tell the community, you know, we start getting some more super chats in a couple of members, you know, then, then maybe, 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 maybe we can like do like a virtual show where you guys, I'll, 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 give you guys I'll give you guys a green screen and we can, we can virtually put you in the front. Um, but yeah, people, thank you very much. We will see you guys next week. And um, Rian's going to go home and start practicing his push-ups so he's ready for the, the Ellis Park brawl. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah, we will, and, and Wes is going to get back and start and start not shaving again, so that we can have the massage yeah, back. Yeah. Um, it was also yeah, we must let Chris know that he's up for next week on the on the Mo train. Everybody else um, watching, smash the like on the video, subscribe to the channel. We will not be live this weekend for any rugby because there is no rugby really, um, unless they do find their stream for the Tonga's Fijian game. But we will be live for Formula One throughout the weekend. All starts tomorrow, so join it. Mark and Reese there, and we'll see you guys all very soon.